You're listening to episode 70 of the Mad Chatters podcast, January 27th, 2016. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and joining me as always are my fellow chatters, Matthew. Hello. And Jeremy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm For still some here. reason, I thought Jeremy was about to introduce himself. <laughs> and Jeremy's here, too. Yay. Hey. Yay. Thank you. Well, to start off this episode, we're going to do a bit of armchair imagineering. Hmm. Hmm. Wait a minute. I love that idea. Now, as we've reported on this show a couple weeks ago, several attractions at Disneyland went down for a long refurbishment now that Star Wars Land construction is starting over there. But while things like the railroad and the ships on the Rivers of America and the Jungle Cruise, while those things are closed, the park is offering several chances for guests to still be entertained around these attractions like i know the jungle skipper is uh like telling stories from his adventures and just this weekend um someone posted that they used to have a front that frontier land used to have its own train station and now it shares a train station with new orleans square well apparently they've um, opened up this old bridge to where now guests can access that old frontier land station and kind of walk around and take pictures so that's pretty cool like they're offering these experiences to buy the time while so many attractions are closed so for this round that was a long introduction but it's going somewhere for this round of armchair imagineering we're going to talk about hollywood studios because that's another park where a lot of things are going under for refurbishment and so we're going to come up with something that they can do to still entertain guests and let let them feel like they're getting their money's worth for a day at hollywood studios so jeremy i'll go over to you first what are you going to add to hollywood studios well, this idea is something they actually used to have that I would like them to bring back and maybe expand. And that is um, back in the day, I remember they had the set from Home Improvement, the Tool Time set, and you could walk like on it, I guess, and like see it. And I think that would be so cool and kind of easy to do. So bring back some of these like television sets and put them in the empty um, sound stages and let people walk around. Like if you were able to like walk on TGIF sets. Maybe the school from Boy Meets World or, you know, the Tanner Kitchen, I don't know, from yeah. Full House. I think that'd be a really fun experience and a, and a good throwback, you know, nostalgia for all us 90s kids. Yeah, I'd love yeah. that. I wonder if they sold all those Yeah, pieces. there's part of me that thinks maybe so, but maybe they're in a storage unit somewhere. I know you didn't say Golden Girls, but I also know you were thinking Golden Girls when you said all that. Amazing. Yes. If they have the Golden Girls set, wow. That, just thinking about it makes me happy. So <laughs> That would be cool. Okay, Matt, what about you? Well, mine is um, similar, but it's not set. So I was thinking of some sort of temporary. Uh, this will be a big project for a temporary, but a temporary mini residential street. And, of course, number one on my list was the Golden Girls house 
facade. But you know, any number of uh, of modern TV shows that have exterior shots, or just ones from you know classic TV shows like Golden Girls, or I can't think of what other houses were there except Empty Nest, but nobody likes Empty Nest. I don't even know what that is. It was a spinoff of Golden Harry Girls. And the Henders- uh-huh. Harry and the Hendersons, their house oh. was there. Uh, yeah. Vern's house from the Ernest movies, or the Ernest Saves Christmas was the only movie it was featured in. Would you walk by these things or ride something? Oh, I don't know. Riding takes us into a whole new category of... Yeah, I guess. Then you'd be spending money. Yeah, I was just thinking something that would uh, really, really tickle fanboys of Disney's Hollywood Studios and also give people something to do that tied in the studio's feel just for a little while longer, hoping that that whole thing's going away. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't do something like that because it'd be very simple to turn one of those sound stages into some kind of, even if they just did movie props from like recent are- movies. People yeah. like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. A walk Maybe just through a, a walk-through exhibit, yeah. Or yeah. TV. People like a lot of ABC TV shows like Grey's Anatomy and Once Upon a Time. Yes, like if they did like, yeah, with like, um, you know, Scandal section, a Grey's Anatomy section, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. all these popular ABC shows and you can see the costumes and things. That'd be really Yeah, you're, be, st- you're starting to tiptoe into my idea here sorry, a little bit. Sorry, sorry. Okay. So that that was basically my idea. Like, you know, the old queue for Backlot Tour Express, you went through that old warehouse, but there were actual props from Disney films. Like, I remember um, they had, you know, like in uh, Chronicles of Narnia, where in the first one they get frozen. Like, there was one of those frozen statues that they had back there. They always had Rocketeer stuff back there. I think you could easily bring out those props. Armageddon. Lots of Armageddon. Oh, was there? Pearl Harbor, all those great movies of <laughs> cinema classics. Are those Touchstone or something? I guess so, yeah. Uh, did you say Parmageddon? I said Armageddon and Pearl Harbor. I think I should sell that as like a creative name for a sandwich at Subway. Parmageddon. <laughs> Chicken Parmageddon. <laughs> Copyright Mad Chatters. Yeah. Uh, no, but I feel like you could, you know that... They used to have auditions for American Idol in that back room, and now it's that frozen boutique. Take that out of there. Or where Pirates of the... That that Jack Sparrow show used to be. Actually, I think that's where you meet Mickey Mouse now. It is, Um, yeah. But still, there's got to be some place where you can just set up like a rotating set of um, set pieces and props from these movies and TV shows. You could even have like cheap, you know, TVs showing the clips where they were actually used in the movie. Cheap TV. Why do they have to be cheap TVs? <laughs> I guess I just wanted to... I don't Temporary. know. <laughs> Only Panasonic TVs allowed in here, all right? Exactly. No, not even that. Like, high sense. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's this is something that's simple. And, and we say it's temporary, but this could probably be running for four years while they put together Star Wars Land. So, you know, keep it up to date. Well, I because- mean long-term temporary, like four years. Well, I know when they brought out the the carriage that was from the live-action Cinderella and they had it out on the streets of Hollywood Studios, it stayed for months after that movie left the theaters because people seemed to really enjoy it and there were lines to get pictures in front of it and stuff. So obviously people like that sort of thing. Definitely. And it definitely fits the Hollywood – or it definitely fits the studio's theme. And I just don't see how hard – like it always amazed me with the Backlot Tour. It's not that difficult to keep the props up to date. Yeah. Because you have them, you own them already. Your company owns them. So how hard is it to say, send us three things from the latest Star Wars movie, and we'll display them. 
you know, that kind of thing. I remember when they got the house from the Hannah Montana film on the on the Backlot tour, and it was like four years after the Hannah Montana movie was out, and I was like, this should not take this long to get something like this here. You yeah, know? Like, <laughs> and now that they own Marvel, I mean, there's so so much stuff you could do from totally. Ant Man this year and Avengers two and. Absolutely. It seems easy to me. Maybe I'm missing something, but... I don't know. I'm, I'm with you, though. People I like that kind of props, behind-the-scenes feel. They like to see stuff, take their picture next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, So it'd be a cheap people-eater and not too difficult to keep up to date. And will help kill some time and space before Star Wars Land. Yep. We'll see in the future if maybe they listen to one of these ideas. I think I know whether they will or not, but... Only time will tell. Hey, we have our next hashtag, by the way. Hashtag mash two movies, make a Subway sandwich. Let's take a little time now to do a round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why are you making fun? I just thought we were going to take a little time to find the magic. Oh. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. <laughs> well, we do that every day, Jeremy. Because that's copyrighted, I just want to say. So uh, you owe me some money. a segment that we enjoy doing called the good the bad and the ugly and what we do is we take an aspect of the parks or the company or whatever and we focus on things that are good that are done well we focus on things that are we call bad but they're not really bad they just need to be improved and then we focus on things that are ugly stuff that's got to go so today we're going to focus on ride and attraction vehicles so good, bad, and ugly ride attraction vehicle. So let's start with Matt. Matt, what is your good ride attraction vehicle? I thought a long time about this, and one kept coming back to my mind, and that is the T-Train for Expedition Everest. Since, hmm. since Expedition Everest was being built and the theme or the kind of the loose story was revealed that this was like a tea plantation with a steam donkey tea train that was you know traversing the mountains and taking loads back and forth i thought that was genius plus at least 90 percent of the time that i have been there when the train pulls into the station the steam effect actually works which is actually there's actually like a steam apparatus in the track it's not in the train itself it just happens to look like it's coming out of the train when it hits the station for loading i think that's a um a wonderful, wonderful Disney way of making something very practical tell a story. Absolutely. I totally agree. These these look amazing. And I like how and I know, you know, it's on purpose or whatever, but the way that it's it's aged, but it doesn't feel aged in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah. you definitely kind of feel like you're loading onto kind of a rickety old thing. Um and you might fall out at any minute, especially when it's going up that long climb. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's got like rust painted around the um, 
the washers and the bolts and things. Obviously not real rust. At least we hope not. I mean, who would know? <laughs> but And, you know, some black marks from, like, smoke and dirt and other things, so... I'm sure this didn't factor into your decision, but I also like that it's one of the most comfortable and roomy coasters yes, they is. have. And they got the high back seats, so like your neck isn't flapping in the wind. They really do, yeah. Pretty cool. Good idea. Okay, mine, I've mentioned a billion times before, but I had to go with it. It's Peter Pan's Flight. And oh. this is an opening day attraction, so... I don't know what that means, but it just means that <laughs> they knew what they were doing all the way back in the 50s. Um, but I just love this fact that you're in a ship. Like, they did not have to do that. They could have put you in some generic vehicle. But the fact that you're in a ship, you're part of the story because you're flying over London. You're flying over the mermaids and over uh, Tiger... What's her? Tiger Lily's lair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something Island. Mermaid Island. Mermaid Lagoon. That's not where Tiger Lily lives. She's a Native American. Oh, yeah. She's not a mermaid. Or a Native Neverlandian. I don't know what they're called there. First peoples. <laughs> they're Neverland First Nation. Anyway, you fly over it all and you're in a ship. Is it the most comfortable? No. But I love the way it looks. I kind of like it. It's just that flat cushioned bench. Is it even cushioned? Yeah. Oh. I mean, and minimally. how about that pixie dust that they sprinkle so your lap bar comes down automatically? I yeah. mean, amazing. Automagically. Oh. Is that <laughs> copyrighted? Because <laughs> I think we're onto something there, automagically. <laughs> I think they say that. Mm. I that's think that's nice. on Mickey's Felhar Magic, the doors that open. Oh. Oh. Man, I thought we were onto something else there. Mm. Okay, my good is uh, back at Animal Kingdom as well. And that is the safari uh, vehicles on hmm. Kilimanjaro Safari. I um, These giant trucks that are very intimidating the first time they pull up, if you've never seen them. Um, and they're very well themed with all the camping gear on the f- tops and sides and backs. In fact, every time I ride, I always pay extra attention when they pull up because I usually see a detail I haven't noticed before like a funny looking cooler or I think they have a broom that hangs off the edge at one point I'm like why is there a broom but I like it (laughs) and um, anywho but these are like actual functioning vehicles they're not on a track they're really being driven by drivers which again kind of brings an element of um, I don't use the word danger but you know, it'd be one thing if it was like the Jurassic Park vehicles where you're on a track and, you know, you're just kind of going with the flow. But when when the driver's driving and he's kind of going crazy and the road's a little bouncy, you're like, this is this is a little scary. <laughs> you yeah. know, like we could we could go off the road at any time, especially into the Hippo Lagoon or whatever. So uh, Tiger Lily's Hippo Lagoon. But anyways, uh, I, I just like these vehicles. They're very nice. And they have fun stickers, too, by the driver. So look at the stickers by the driver. And it's got the nice list of animals across the front. Yeah. In fact, I saw you can buy, I think, a shirt with all those animals on them now. The, the animal tracking guide and all oh. that. So. Which I feel like is always changing nowadays. They're always adding animals to it. That is true. I but don't know I don't, if they changed those stickers, but they... No, I think the stickers are the same since 1998, but yeah, uh, that's still. all right. Cool. Uh, I don't know why I keep going to this, but comfort-wise, I don't like those benches. Like, there's something about my height where that bar in the back is right in the upper part of my, like, shoulder blades, and it's horrible. Yeah, but when you're riding, like, you definitely, if you're like me and you can easily escape the situation mentally, 
there are times that you're just like, wow, I'm really in Africa right now. Like, I'm. Th this is really what it'd be like if I was on a safari. And that's cool. Joe Rohde said, make those seats uncomfortable because if this were a real <laughs> safari ride. Yeah. Because we all know there's no comforts in Africa. That's right. He said that. I think that's in the Bible, too. I don't know. Oh, maybe so. The Bible has a lot to say about Africa. <laughs> okay, well, I'll start off the bad. Uh, I was really torn on this one because my pick is Haunted Mansion. Mm. And I was super torn because those doom buggies are just iconic vehicles. That Omnimover system, like, it all goes back to Haunted Mansion. But as far as, like, visual appeal, um, they look like someone made doom buggies on like a conveyor belt like they're just coming out of the factory and they haven't gone through like the painting process or like the <laughs> you know the shining up process or anything they're just these black omnimovers and i feel like if the if the theme is haunted mansion i don't, maybe you could do some sort of like antique 1800s feel you know like add some gold all around the edges or something you know or like make them burgundy i don't know um, are you suggesting maybe even a little more like coffin shaped I mean, I'm even okay with the shape. Oh, I just okay. feel like if you're gonna, you could decorate them to sort of like an 1800s mansion type ornate feel, but also kind of like it's old and faded and haunted-y. I don't know. Matt is our resident haunted mansion lover. Your comments? The scowl on your face is worth <laughs> a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with the doom buggies the way okay. they are. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't want to change the shape. I don't want to change how they run or anything. I like the fact that, like... I think they're like, to be very nondescript, not yeah. bringing attention to themselves. Just a black, dark way of conveying people through the haunted mansion. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's already strange enough that there's an actual track and vehicle going through a house, but... <laughs> I, th I think... Wait, what? <laughs> you guys don't have that at your house? <laughs> I think that I think the fact that they lack any character whatsoever just kind of makes them blend in and it makes it okay. I mean, this is why it's not my ugly because I understand why they did it. You can it, keep but. your gold filigree stuff on your own things at your house. <laughs> I don't want the whole thing gold. Your burgundy things. <laughs> With like rhinestones all across yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just seeing like, yeah, like a, a rhinestone cowboy car going through there. Derek's no. a big fan of the Gilded Age. Oh, so yes. he, he wants it all gold leafed and crusted hmm. like i said i was torn like i have other answers but that's why i stuck with just because like if you just look at a doom buggy by itself it's like oof that thing needs a touching up it's a good night because usually i'm the one that gets shamed on this podcast for my suggestions so i'm glad that you're feeling some of it um my uh bad is the honey pots in the winnie the pooh attraction i like them I think that's a great idea, but when you kind of just stand back and look at them, it's really a stretch if it's a honeypot or not. Like, it's really not the best shape. I think they could do better with the shape and just do better with the design overall and make them just look a little better. They, they kind of look half-baked in a way. <laughs> I like those things. Yeah, I don't dislike them, but on the other hand, I just feel like they could be better, you know? They could be, they could be maybe more round. Maybe I think that if we were going to be riding in a honey pot, I think they could have left off the honey. Yeah. And made them like completely round and maybe even spin. I don't know. But those, yeah, Spinning I get what you're saying. Fun. Yeah, because they're not really round. They're like oblong. oblong. So when you said it's a stretch, <laughs> you literally meant they've been stretched. They've been yes. stretched out. 
and I so, think they yeah. were built. Weren't they built on the like the frames from the Mr. Toad cars? I believe that's true. Hmm. Interesting. Makes sense that they would use those. A, for such a popular attraction, I feel like they could do a little better. Because Mr. Toad, at least the one at Disney World, did have the two rows, and the back row was a little elevated from the front row. Huh? Because at Disneyland, Mr. Toad, it's just two people per car, and you <laughs> just go. Anywho, poo poo pots. <laughs> Poo on them. Poo poo pots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad is from an odd place for me, and that is Pirates of the Caribbean. This almost made my list, Matt. I'm glad that you said And it. not really so much for their technical malfunctions lately, the banging into the sides and the leaking and the splashing. and. The, but those have to factor in. Yeah, those do factor in, but that wouldn't make me say, you know, this. I just think... Even when they moved from the old, I think they were all like a dark red color in the past. When they moved to the brown boats, these new ones, I still think that they're just so unthemed for such a highly themed attraction. You know, maybe like just a little old, you know, like they did with the Everest vehicles, just a little bit of detailing on the wood and maybe some metal, maybe even like a post in the front that's got a lantern on it or something. Exactly. I don't Maybe know. Maybe some like barnacles on the side, you know, just yeah. enough that you can kind of be like, ooh, there's something there, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, these are the most unattractive, unornate <laughs> attraction vehicle. This was my ugly. Um, I, wow. I Like, they really made no effort whatsoever on these boats. It's kind of like when you see a couple. And maybe, like, the girl is a very attractive young lady. And her boyfriend is really ugly, and you're like, what are you doing with him? You could do so much better. I look at the boats, I'm like, come on, pirates, you could do better. Yeah. I think that every time I ride that attraction, man, yeah. just took the words right out of my mouth. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeremy, you start the ugly. All right, my ugly is... Uh, like you always do. Uh, that didn't really make sense, but I went and, with it. <laughs> and yet, it still hurt me. Uh, anyways, my ugly is based on comfort as well, as it's just not an attractive vehicle. And that is the vehicles in Spaceship Earth. I think these are the most uncomfortable seats in all of Walt Disney World. Especially for an attraction where you are almost 90 degrees mm -hmm. going backwards and the seat only comes up to like your mid shoulder blades. And so it just, I've never sat in that and been like, ooh, this is comfy. I could just go to sleep. Yeah, oh no. And you just kind of slide around in it. You do, there's like, and there's like, I'm all about defined space. I need to know where my seat begins and ends and you're right like they kind of are defined but there's no real way once you start sliding through there you can be in the person's lap next to you and not even you know realize oh i'm sorry um kind of a thing so you i just and they're ugly like they're just these nasty teal they're not even like you could have painted them black so they at least like the doom buggies they fit in a little better mm -hmm. i don't know who thought these were a good idea but they're not they're just not ouch nope. The only thing that saves them is that Judy Dench speaks out of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my ugly... I want to go with the first thing that came to my mind when I thought ugly vehicles. And that is those god-awful Triceratops on tri Triceratops spin. Really, this whole attraction and this whole land, as you well know, in my mind, can just go 
right down the tubes, but especially these things, because the first thing you see when you turn in the corner from Finding Nemo coming out of Asia in the Dino Land is this hideous Chester and Hester thing, and then you turn the corner, and here's a spinner with these little light green Triceratops. Triceratops do not fly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I don't know why they, this. Why would you think of these in your Imagineering session about a spinner that goes up in the air? Oh, Triceratops. No. That's a really good point. I've never thought of that. You know, carpets fly. Dumbo flies. Rockets fly. But Triceratops do not. <laughs> triceratops do not mean flying. <laughs> Oh Why not word. like a pterodactyl? Yeah. You know? yeah. I guess that doesn't fit in with their cool little name. Pterodactyl spin. See, that sounds all right to me. Yeah, it's fine. Why is Triceratops spin any better? I don't know. It could be like the pterodactyl takeoff. P-T-A-K-E. Well, I think the play on words is it's supposed to be a top in the middle. Like a little... As far as what I look at it, it looks like it's supposed to be like a little... You know, Spinning you just push top. the button and it spins, and the little things come out. But you are the voice of reason tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they do not fly. That I never put that together. That's a well, good, good call. And even beyond that, they are an ugly shade of green, and just kind of just bouncing around up there, they and they tilt. <laughs> mm. I don't think they're supposed to tilt. I think they're just, <laughs> <laughs> they've started doing that over the years. Oops. Oh, uh, the carpets tilt. They tilt like that. You know, just a little bit front and back. Yeah. You know. If they weren't supposed to, they would just say it's part of the theme. It's a rundown uh, fairy yeah. amusement park. <laughs> You're supposed to be scared and want to call OSHA. That's part of the theme. <laughs> well, my ugly was pirates, uh, but I'll go ahead and pick another one if that's okay, since we've already talked about it. And this is over in Tomorrowland, and it's Space Mountain. And I guess the vehicles themselves, like they've got that sort of bullet look. I guess. When you just take them at face value like that, they're not that bad. But they're just so low to Mm. the track, which I know is the point. But, like, you look down in it, and I'm thinking, if I'm a really tall guy, I'm going to be like, I have to get down in what now? Like, there's no way I'm getting down in that seat. It's, like, below the ground almost, the seat is. And then there's just no space for your legs. And I'm a short guy, but there's no room. And then once you ride Space Mountain in Disneyland, it's like, why couldn't it just be like this, where you're just sitting in a normal seat... The bar comes down over your knees. And Lord forbid if you have a backpack or anything, you are definitely oh, not yeah. getting that thing crammed in there. Especially if you're – I mean I am not a big guy at all. And I have a hard time fitting a backpack and my legs in there. So if you you got a little weight on you. I love – I'm just about to blow your theories out of the water because I'm a big guy and I love the Space Mountain vehicles. That is one of the reasons I love that attraction is because – it's just so low and small. You feel like you're literally like riding on a little bobsled on the on this track, hanging out of the vehicle. That little itty bitty bar that comes down. That's one of the reasons I love it. It's so can, unlike any other roller coaster you ride anywhere else. But can you fit a backpack in with you, Matt? Yeah, put it down between my legs. Yeah, or on your lap. I mean, you can just hold it. You but, just kind of squeeze. I mean, I do agree with you. I think if it weren't that low to the track i wouldn't enjoy it half as much but i don't know i just it's you'd be a very scared you couldn't really elevate yourself in here you'd be whacked in the head <laughs> yeah. with bar it's true i do understand what you're saying derek like if you knew nothing about the disney world and you just showed up 
and rode Space Mountain, you'd be like, that thing is janky. Like, that just <laughs> yeah. looks like it's crud. But once you love Space Mountain, then you Which we all do. Get, which we all do. We all come around to Matt's side. But I get it. First impression is, we're going to die. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it fits the we're going to die category, it's ugly, in my opinion. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to be listing a few, probably more than a few, hidden gems, Easter eggs, hidden details, things about the parks that you might not notice just by glancing. And these are things you can find on just about every website about Walt Disney World you could ever Google. I I heard someone talking the other day, I think it was a podcast I was listening to, where thanks to Google, like really nothing's hidden anymore. You know, like you know to ask for ketchup at Whispering Canyon and you know all the tricks and little hidden secrets. Uh, But we're a Disney podcast, so we have to talk about them at least one time on our show. And it's something we gush about all the time, I feel like, the theming at Disney World, how no inch of the parks went untouched and no detail, no sign, no shrub, like thought went into everything. Um, So I want to talk about just a few of the things that we love to see and things that if you've gone a billion times, these might be ways to spend your time the next time you go uh, looking for these things. Or if it's your first time, um, this is maybe way, uh, these are ways to entertain your kids that you're bringing with you or something like that. Just little things to take note of and not to overlook. Okay, so... How do we want to start this? Do we want to start Magic Kingdom or just in general? I'm going to begin by sharing one of my favorite things to point out, particularly to first-time guests or people who maybe just haven't observed this. And I like to point out some various Hidden Mickeys. Now, I'm not a huge Hidden Mickey fan. I bought the book that probably a lot of people have bought. And I think a lot of the Hidden Mickeys can be a stretch. Like, just because there's three circles doesn't mean it's Mickey Mouse, okay? Yeah, they have to be touching. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, my favorite is, like, when there's, like, um... Maybe in uh, PhilharMagic in the scene with Ariel and like there's bubbles and they're like a hidden Mickey pops up in the bubbles. I'm like, no, those are bubbles just floating by that maybe. They call it when the angles, when the things of the circles touch. What's that word? Tangential. They have to be tangential to be hidden Mickeys. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's a a deep, deep, big word. Um, Anyways, but one of my favorites, if not my absolute favorite, is in Epcot at uh, Grand Fiesta Tour. When you are going into the final scene, which now has the audio animatronics there, and you pass through the village and there's like the balloons and the confetti and all that kind of thing, if you look to your left, there's a floating little barge looking thing that is like has flowers all on it. And in the bottom right corner is three drums. And they form a hidden Mickey right there in the corner. And so every time I'm with somebody who's never ridden it before, I never noticed, I always point out, look, there's a hidden Mickey right there. You're that guy. I am that guy. And they always go, oh, I see it. Yeah. And, Do you know? Oh, just let them enjoy the attraction the first probably, time they ride it. For my purposes, I'm going to ask it as if it's the only one. Do you know the only hidden Mickey 
in Walt Disney World that does not feature the characteristic head, the three circles? I actually do know. I have a guess. Oh. Let Derek guess, because I think you probably know. I'm, I mean, I say guess, but I think I've heard this somewhere. Is it the one in the fountain by Muppets 3D? Okay, just yeah. kidding. Never mind. You're giving me a weird look. But if you look at that one, you know, the oh, Miss I, Piggy. Um, I might just not know it. <laughs> okay, well, look at that because there's a, the, the fountain with Miss Piggy and the umbrella. But like under the water, like the base of the fountain, there's some weird Muppet looking character, but it has Mickey Mouse ears. But okay. that's obviously not it. I believe Matt is probably referring to the gangster scene in Great Movie Ride. Correct? I am. Yeah, yeah, the foot, the two feet at the bottom. See, it's Mickey's it's, feet. Yellow shoes. Oh, that's kind of creepy. They're, well, they're like, it's like all these posters, and you know, like they've been posted over and posted over. And so you see this big picture, and then out underneath it is an old one that, that they pasted over, and it's just his two feet. Oh, I was picturing like the scene in Wizard of Oz where the house falls on, or like his feet are just sticking <laughs> out of some facade. <laughs> No, I'm that would you. be creepy. It's like the classic, you know, big yellow shoes. Yeah. Hidden Mickey's, that's a great place to start. I didn't even think of that because mm-hmm. they're in every park. They're probably in Disney Springs. These are things that almost every time an attraction is built, the Imagineers have to find somewhere to put in these little Hidden Mickey's. And like you said, it's just the three tangential mm. circles, one bigger than the other two usually, um, that, that resemble Mickey. I'll tell you my favorite. This is one that Matt pointed out to me. It's in Haunted Mansion in the graveyard scene and it's the opera singer like you see her th- she's like gosh now i'm having trouble picturing it is it her sleeve oh but it's it's, it's by not, the opera it's not singer. the opera it's not the opera singer herself it's that phantom guy that's in the it looks like a dimension that's right that's right he's like he's like got his hands all up is it the end of his sleeve or his open hood no his sleeve okay his, his sleeve, sleeve. Yeah. the end of his sleeve it looks like there's nothing inside but the shadow the silhouette of it forms Mickey Mouse ears. It's right by the opera singer. You're right. Yeah, That's it's it. kind of like right as you're about to exit the graveyard scene to the hitchhiking ghost. You have yeah, to look you to have the to right. Turn back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Turn back. My favorite time. was in the old test track, and that's because you couldn't see it unless you looked at your on ride photo at the end, and it was made of three, it was made of a big rope that had been like tied or like rolled up, like laying on the ground. Oh, yeah, in, yeah. in the shape of Mickey's head, but you could only see it in the picture because it was behind you as you were coming down uh, the fast part. So what's your favorite one that guests can actually go look for today? <laughs> oh, probably in the Haunted Mansion on the in the ballroom on the table. The three plates at the very end on the okay. left. Yeah, okay. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, the biggest one was at Hollywood Studios, and it was the Ariel one. Not Ariel, the mermaid, but <laughs> Ariel... <laughs> Like the, in the sky. The, in the sky. <laughs> Where? Uh, well, it, you, you can kind of still see the remnants of it, but Echo Lake formed one ear. Over on oh. the left, the top of some of those buildings has just changed so much that and Sunset Boulevard didn't used to be there when this was there, but the tops of the buildings kind of was shaded to make another ear. There was a little plaza right in front of the Chinese theater that was his nose. Mm. And then the Chinese theater area was kind of his mouth. And then gotcha. all the sidewalks were colored like pink and then black. And uh, it was very elaborate, but it's yeah. not really there anymore. Yeah. It's so kind of see it. If you like go to Google Earth or whatever and you kind yeah, of. It's like if a chunk was taken out of me. <laughs> <laughs> or like if you melted his face a little bit. Yeah. That's what it would look like. Especially now that the hat's gone, you probably get a better view of it. So maybe, so. yeah. When you said Ariel, I thought you may have to look up to see it, but I'm I'm with you now. Let me um, 
do another big category. Yeah. And this might be something that you all have as well. And um, that is what Disney World likes to call, or Imagineering has always called, um, a reveal. Mm. And that is Disney's... <laughs> Dare me not give the deep... Mm. Mm. <laughs> Preach it. Disney's magical way of hiding things from view until they want you to see them. And this is done with a lot of forced perspective that things really seem and look bigger than they are. So, like, the first time I remember we went to the, to the Magic Kingdom, um, it's it's amazing how this happens, but when you're riding, driving in to the Magic Kingdom and, you know, the gates being, like, two miles away from the actual park when you drive through, you might get a glimpse or two of the castle. And I remember, I think we actually took the monorail from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom that first time, and you guys saw the castle in the distance, and you're like, wow, that's far away. We took the, fer- and then, the ferry. And we saw I it. mean, but I mean, from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom, didn't we do that the very first time? I don't think so. No, I think uh, I think that, I think we went straight Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Either way, you guys saw the castle, yeah. and you're like, "Why is it so far away?" And you could <laughs> see it, and it's amazing how when you're on the other side of the ferry, the castle it looks very prominent, like it's humongous over there. Mm. And then you get over there, and like magically, when you're getting your ticket, you're about to get in the ticket line or going through the tunnels to go under into Main Street. You can't see the castle. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, hidden until you go under the tunnel, around the corner of Main Street, and then it's like, oh, yeah. there's the castle. Yeah. And they do that with a lot of things, uh, like a lot of the major attractions like Everest and Big Thunder Mountain and Space Mountain and things that there's a there's a certain corner you turn or street you turn and then suddenly perfectly framed is that Kodak picture spot or the Nikon picture spot. Pardon me. Yeah, I'm thinking especially also at Animal Kingdom with the Tree of Life, how, you know, when you enter that park, you don't see the tree. You don't see anything until you climb the hill and then you come over that just little bend there and then all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And and it always kind of backs up and bottlenecks right there because everybody wants to stop and take a picture. Spaceship Uh, Earth might be a big uh, exception to this. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) But it's supposed to be the Earth, so it is all around us all the time. Ah, Man, they really thought that through. But Maybe. it's definitely the it's definitely true for all the dark rides. Like you walk through the whole queue and you still have really no idea what you're about to get on. Like I think pirates, you know, you go through a very long queue without seeing a single boat. You probably wouldn't yeah. you you could go the whole queue and not even know it was a boat ride until you right when you get up to it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Tower of Terror is probably the same way. You can see it from the parking lot, but once you enter the main gate, you don't see it till yeah, you get that amazing. turn down Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. So well, they're good about putting you in, like, caverns. Like, when you go into the entry streets and things, like, the buildings are just so close and mm. and streets are so low. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just they, they surround you with things that you can't see very far into the distance. Yeah, and kind of the opposite point of that is the things they completely hide from you because they don't want you to see. Like, when you see the facade of the Haunted Mansion, obviously you're not actually in that little mansion the whole time. You're in a big, like warehouse looking building that's behind it that you don't see like right. i remember when we rode uh jurassic park at universal when you get to the no it was not jurassic park uh maybe it was dueling dragons it was something where when we got to the top of the hill i could see all the uh show buildings like yeah. you know the backs of these square buildings that you're not yep. really supposed to see and disney somehow manages to hide for the most part those buildings from your view totally immersing you when you look at google earth on these it's pretty cool to see this show building for splash mountain that like like uh 
what you just said. What was the one you just said? <laughs> Haunted Mansion? Haunted Mansion. Like Haunted Mansion, you know, you see the mountain, and the average, I mean, it's not it's not a stupid thing to think that you're, the ride is in the mountain because yeah. that's all you see. But it's actually, like you said, in this big way, they actually, the only thing that the mountain contains is the lift hill, the main one at the end, and the finale scene. Mm. Everything else is in this back, like, just a nondescript pink building that you don't see. And uh, oddly enough, like, within yards of each other is the Pirates of the Caribbean show building. And you can see both of those if you look on Google Earth or something like yeah. that. We talked about this a lot at Disneyland, because when you're on the Rivers of America, I mean, like, you are in the Midwest in the 1800s, like, there's nothing around. And then when you look at Google Earth, like you said, the the heavily trafficked street of Anaheim is, like, 10 yards from you, you know? It's right there, and you just have no idea. Yeah, you don't hear cars, you don't hear a horn. Like, you'd expect to hear, like, a car horn at yeah. any moment, you know? And it's like, nope. Nope. I just hear Mark Twain. That's all I hear. <laughs> And a little bit of Princess <laughs> Tiana sometimes. But. Well, if we're talking about generics, I also think we should mention the trash cans because, I mean, they're trash cans. Like, let's not get too crazy. But they are all themed to the land they're in. You'll notice that they're so, they're so close together. There should never be trash on the ground because you're always within, like, ten steps of a trash can, I feel like. I feel, I've uh, several, several different sites say several different things, but the, the consistent thing is... 25 to 30 feet away from a trash can at any given time. Wow. Mm. I believe it. Yeah. But they're not just like generic trash cans that say push on the little door, you know, like they're Adventureland trash cans and then they're Storybook Circus trash cans. And There's a whole Instagram account dedicated to Disney trash cans. That oh ought to tell you something. Oh my. So I don't do It's not my website or my Instagram. <laughs> I <laughs> wish it was. It? <laughs> it's really not. I wish I would have thought of the idea, but uh, there you go. Okay, well, let's let's narrow this down a little bit. Let's go into Magic Kingdom. What are some of your favorite hidden Easter eggs and gems in Magic Kingdom? One of the things that I love to point out to guests, because I am Mr. Fun Facts, and uh, is, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Winnie the Pooh attraction was the former home of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And so when you enter into one of the scenes, I believe it's Owl's home, and it's the windy, blustery day, if you look to your left, there's a picture of Mr. Toad and Owl, and he is handing over the deed to Owl. So I thought that was just a very nice, uh, subtle, you know, uh, nod to the former attraction for fanboys like us who would go, oh, look, it's Mr. Toad. And yep. your average daily guest has no idea. But uh, there you go. I bet I miss half of those things because I feel like every time they take down an attraction and add a new one, you hear, oh, there's a nod to the old attraction, but I never see them. I've seen this one. You well, I've seen around. that one. Yeah, I've okay. seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes people will say, hey, did you notice that? And I'll be like, wow, I've never noticed that in my life. Of course, I notice it after they say it. But Is the uh, the little Nautilus thing still there, even though it's moved across the street now? I believe so. I mean, I've seen it, so... It I was imagine. up in that tree, the tree that they moved, remember, that was at the 100 Acre Woods Playground, which is where New Fantasyland now was, like at the very front of it. Yes. When they, when they tore that down to start building New Fantasyland, they moved that big 100 Acre Woods tree over to the entrance of Winnie the Pooh. Yes, it's still there because I, I have seen it. Yeah, it's the, a Nautilus that's on the – it's on the door frame when you go inside. Yeah. And you if you're an adult, you got to really squeeze to get in there. Hmm. But um, it's well, like, like – 
Snow White Scary Adventures has a pretty big prop from that yeah. one that they've yeah. been able to reuse in the mine train. There's that's not a problem. That's a recycled. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. So that's a good one, though. That really is. Yeah, it is. It is. Not that we have to go in order, but if we're going to start on, uh, I would, we can go to Main Street. Yeah. And uh, this one came from a gentleman that hosted another podcast, which I don't listen to anymore <laughs> for various reasons. Uh-oh. But one thing I did learn from it was uh, when you when you go into uh, the Magic Kingdom, whether you enter on the left or the right under the tunnel, on the far left-hand corner... Uh, like you know, you have the Emporium, and even in the barbershop, and to the very left of that, where next to where the uh, the big door is for the parade floats and everything, there's the place where they keep the horses and all that stuff, or supposedly keep the horses. If you go wander over there when it's open, apparently in there, um, and I've seen this light bulb. I do not know how authentic it is, but it is supposed to be an authentic Edison light bulb that's in there incandescent, you know, um, one of the original, like, prototypes of the light bulb. Now, whether it's very authentic or it's just a replica, I don't know if that's been verified, but according to that source, it's an authentic well, early Edison light bulb. That same source says that if you, if you go to Pinocchio's village house, there's a big window, and it's supposed to resemble <laughs> the, cat, the fish bowl. I hate you guys. <laughs> No, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look up pictures of that. Now, Main Street is full of wonderful little hidden gems like this that people don't necessarily even know about. It's not like they don't take the time to notice them, but it's it's they're just things you wouldn't know. Yeah. Like uh, the the phone, which I had never known this until recently when I went with Jessica and we actually went into the chapeau, the hat the hat shop to buy our little daughter Anna her first pair of Mickey ears. There's a phone in there that when you pick up, there's this ongoing conversation between someone and the operator, like an old school kind of, you know, you got the receiver in one hand and the thing in the other. And um, they used to have more of these, but down towards the middle of Main Street, if you're walking toward the castle, almost in the middle, there's a little a little street that veers off to the right. And if you go down there, you can hear conversations going on in the windows, singing lessons going on uh, with a piano in the upstairs room. And nobody is ever down there, for one thing. And there's always, like, flowers there. And um, generally, the balloon guy stands at the entrance to this little place. But no one ever wanders down there. But there's seats. You can go sit, get away from people. There used to be more of those little crooks, but they've kind of built them in to make it one big walkway through the Emporium and everything. But those are some nice little hidden items on Main Street. I think there's also a telephone in Tomorrowland in, like, that kind of standalone booth in the middle of the walkway there's a telephone that if you pick up you hear conversations with people well main street in general um a lot of people don't realize this but there's lots of flags being flown on main street the mayor is often out there greeting people and that's because every day on main street it's fourth of july and so that's why every day there's fireworks and there's a parade and uh so i always thought that's fun you know it's not a work day it's a holiday I think the windows aren't on Main Street are something we have to mention. I think this is pretty common knowledge by now, uh, but they're a huge part of the history of that park. And each window, there may be a few that aren't, but as far as I know, each window has been dedicated to someone involved with the creation of Walt Disney World or maybe one of Walt Disney's family members. Like I know Roy Disney has one. 
uh, Biowerks has one, Frank Wells, like all these people who had a big part to play in the Walt Disney Company. They have a window on Main Street dedicated to them. It's like the second story of windows. Yeah, and of course, Walt Disney himself has a window as well. Right, right. So, always good to pay your respects to Walt as you go by. Mm. Amen. Mm. Well, I have a few in Liberty Square. Now, this is something I've heard so many stories about Liberty Liberty Square, so I can't tell you which ones are true. But but as far as what they say, um, they the Imagineers really tried to go authentic, full authentic. As far as Liberty Square goes. Which is why black people and women don't have rights in Liberty Square. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, they changed that in the last couple of decades. Um, but there are 13 lanterns on that. The Liberty Tree is actually supposed to represent the tree that the Sons of Liberty met under when they were trying to, you know, fight the bigger man. <laughs> fight the man. The British? <laughs> the, the British. Oh, is that what the man's called? Go back uh, yeah. to history class. <laughs> The big man. <laughs> uh, there are 13 lanterns on that tree that represent the 13 colonies. But more than that, there's, there's not a single restroom in Liberty Square because there would not have been working toilets at that time. People, I've heard stories about like the brown, what is the brown pathway? Have you heard this? Well, that's because there's no bathrooms, so that's why there's the yeah, brown exactly. pathway. Exactly. There's but... the brown pathway down the middle, and that's like where it's supposed to represent like where horse and stuff waste would travel down and mm -hmm. the yeah. crooked shutters because i heard a story about like back in those days they would melt down hinges and make bullets out of them and so they would hang the shutters by leather and that's why half the shutters in liberty square are crooked because they're not held on by metal hinges all these stories i, I can't tell you which ones are true but i know the bathroom one is that's pretty easy to uh investigate well, the shutters are crooked <laughs> yes that's true and some of them are missing it's a convenient story it sounds like a good excuse. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you messed those shutters up. Ah, it's theming. Gosh, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very fun. Good Good fun facts there. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we go to Splash Mountain, I can think of a fun fact that Jeremy has shared several times. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not off the top of my head, but go ahead. I, I have more, I'm sure. There's a certain animatronic. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. You can share it. Well, I was hoping you'd share just because I'm. <laughs> I okay. only know what he says. <laughs> so one of the gophers uh, in this in one of the scenes that pops out yells, "FSU!" And now this is one of those things that I'm going to admit. Maybe it's the power of suge suggestion because you know, like back in the day, they used to think there was like satanic messages and like music when you played it backwards. And like if I played you something and was like, "Listen," it says like kill your mom and then you listen you're like i totally hear it say kill my mom yeah does it really say it or have the fact that i put that in your head you know okay we can argue that point but i swear it does sound like fsu and the the, the imaginary apparently um went to fsu and so he put that well, little he's supposed to be gym. sneezing we have to say that part it's that like he's true. going ah at you yeah. but it's so muffled and very high pitched that it you know it very well could be saying fsu yeah, which again, too, kind of like I'm. I think it might be legit, but I also wonder, like, how do you get away with that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I feel like maybe the boss would have come in and been like, "Tom, knock it off. Yeah, make it sneeze." You know, kind of a thing. Harvard but... Law School, like you can just do anything you want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go Gators. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anywho, 
definitely. Um, Splash Mountain, we've talked about Splash Mountain before, but there's a lot of fun uh, things on Splash Mountain. There's a hidden Mickey when you're um, doing your initial climb and you're kind of outside going up uh, and you go past the garden. You'll pass like a, a barrel that looks kind of like a distillery or something. And there's a hidden Mickey. Um, it's like a, a, a wipe of paint on it. And then the Mickey has actually been taken out of the paint. Um, so you can point that out and look for that. I've seen that one personally. I only endorse hidden Mickey's that I can verify myself. Yeah, I think so. that's good. <laughs> In that case, I take back the poop trough streets of Liberty Square <laughs> comment because I can't attest to those personally. Um, in Tomorrowland, something they tried to engender with the new Tomorrowland that was uh, redone and completed in 1994 was a, a, was an update from the old Tomorrowland, which was very stark white. When I see the old Tomorrowland, I always think of Bespin on Episode Five, Star Wars, just very stark white, clean, uh, airy looking, and it was very much dedicated to the future. This Tomorrowland was. The new Tomorrowland is very Jules Verne, lots of metal and neon lights and uh, exaggerated proportions on machinery and things like that. Gears. Uh, steampunk. Very steampunk almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, except not the old look. Uh, but the, something they were trying to inculcate with this new Tomorrowland was that this was like a, a center of, I don't know, intergalactic... Commerce <laughs> is that a, is that a thing? So the place where Alien Encounter used to be, which is where Stitch's Great Escape is now, it doesn't make much sense now in this regard. But that was supposed to be the Intergalactic Convention Center, and you know XS Tech, which was the 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 firm behind the Alien Encounter, that whole transportation system, they were using that convention center to show off this new uh, technology. You know, and across the way was. Another exhibition, the time, uh, what was the timekeeper? You know, they had the time machine thing going on. And then that made sense of the whole transport. You know, the people mover was getting from one place to the other. And that whole place in the middle, what was it called? What's the big center plaza called? The, they still say it on tomorrow, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, where Astro Orbiter is. It's like the big interplanetary hub or something like that. I don't okay. know. And, uh, and then, of course... Space Mountain was supposed to be like your starport, like your transportation to other galaxies. Um, all that's kind of gone by the wayside now with the interruption of Stitch and Monsters, Inc. junk and Buzz Lightyear is there. And it just doesn't make much sense anymore in that regard. But it was it was a nice little idea that you would have had to look for there for a while. Mm. Now, there is, an, is, there is a nod to old uh, Tomorrowland when you ride TTA. Mm -hmm. because the narrator voice person says, paging Mr. Tom Morrow, Mr. Mm -hmm. Tom Morrow, and that's a reference to Flight to the Moon. In fact, she says, um, hold on, let me find it. Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow, please contact Mr. Johnson in the control panel to confirm your Flight to the Moon. No, yeah. Yeah, Flight to the Moon was a, a former attraction at Tomorrowland, and Johnson and Tom Morrow were both characters in that attraction. So yeah. that's a nice little nod that still exists today. Yes. Just a couple of fun things that are always nice to point out, particularly to first-time guests, and that is uh, you can't buy gum anywhere in a Disney park. And uh, so bring your own gum if you're a gum chewer ahead of time. 
I found that out real quickly <laughs> on my first day there. And that's done on purpose because obviously people spit gum out of unfortunately on the ground and, and people step in it and or they stick it on things in the queues and stuff like that. So that deters that. Uh, when you're looking at the partner statue, if you look closely, Walt has a tie clip on that is um, – do you know what letters are on it? Anybody? Uh, I used to know this. It stands for like his horse ranch or something, doesn't it? Well, it's it's STR, the Smoke Tree Ranch. That's it. Um, That's it. And that is uh, in Palm Springs. It was a community that he was a part of. Uh, so you can point that out to people and say, oh, Smoke Tree Ranch. Uh, it's funny, too, because when uh, he's pointing, he's kind of in the partner statue pointing with his two fingers. And um, there's some talk about whether originally he was holding a cigarette or not because Walt was a lifelong smoker, which ultimately killed him. But uh, so his point is a little the two finger Disney point, if you would. But a lot of people think it's because the model you know that was used was had a had a cigarette originally. But uh, yeah, fun stuff there in the Magic Kingdom. Now, have either of you stayed long enough to hear the kiss the kiss good night? Yeah, I have. Okay, I've heard it. I've not like seen the lights twinkle as I've heard it, but I've heard it from like stores. And about every thirty minutes after park closing, it does this kiss good night where. The lights kind of flicker and the lights on the castle, if it's, yeah, like the light shining on the castle, kind Mm -hmm. of brighten. And it says this whole spiel about thank you for joining us. The Magic Kingdom is a place for the young at heart. Things like this. It goes through this whole speech and just says, you know, um, it's a special place. Basically, go (laughs) find your magic. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. That's what it says. Something like that. Get out. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's time to leave now. (laughs) It really is. But it's also something where if you're still at the park after closing, whether you're shopping or just kind of meandering around, you'll hear that, which is kind of a nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if you were at Six Flags and it's time to get out, they just turn the lights on and say, okay, goodbye now. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) Get on out. But, you know, Disney, they, they treat you right. Um, we also didn't mention, but it's on my list, the Cinderella um, uh, statue fountain where if your adults can't really see it, but uh, from a child's level, it looks like she's wearing the crown behind her right there by the castle. That's a nice little touch, you know, a nice little thing to point out to people. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, if the kids goodnight told us to get out, well, let's go ahead and listen and head over to Epcot. That was a terrible transition, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to get out and go over to Epcot and see what hidden gems are over there. I'm going to mention one that actually Matt mentioned already on the show before, but I'm going to steal it from you. And it's the LED lights that are in the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Not to be missed. Yeah. Of course, it has to be dark outside, but mostly near Spaceship Earth. The whole sidewalk just seems to glow. And it's the m- most minor detail, but that just adds so much, I feel like. There's another little section over there next to Innoventions, whatever it is. The one, if you were going over towards Imagination and the Land, if you take this little detour through some trees, there's another little section of pavement over there that's not just the star field. It's like multicolored fiber optic patterns, like a kaleidoscope almost in the sidewalk. But I like that one. That's cool stuff. You said a detour through trees. I'm just picturing guests like carving their way through bushes. I swear it's back here. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like a pathway through like a couple, like a parallel palm tree avenue kind of thing. But the main path is around the middle circle. But if you were to go over to the right just a little bit, there's that little path there. And at nighttime, those lights are 
Shining. Nice. Fun fact at uh, Spaceship Earth, um, a lot of the audio animatronics in there are made from the same mold as some of the presidents from the Hall of Presidents. And I've seen some lists online, and they're pretty consistent as far as, like, the philosopher in the Greek scene is the same face as Andrew Jackson or something like that, you know? So if you really have an eagle eye, you can kind of see that, but you can... Eagle eye. Reused some of those uh, molds, I guess. Speaking of Spaceship Earth... I want to mention the moving caveman paintings and the and the new updated scene, the caveman scene. Uh, I think that's a nice little touch. Doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> if you think of time passing by, when you pass it's the very first scene after the big, you know, we learned to hunt and here's big mammoth and all this stuff. You go into an actual cave and there's some caveman guy saying stuff in caveman language, and on the walls. <laughs> are the caveman paintings, and they're moving. Not like a movie moving, but like in, in little frames, they're kind of doing this and then doing that. Our, our listeners can't see you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're moving. But if you didn't see that, they're doing the robot. That's what it yeah. looks like. Like, I'm killing this mammoth in three simple steps. Oh, ah. and he, he just did a cartwheel too, folks. That was amazing. <laughs> that was awesome. I think, is it is it in Spaceship Earth as well that they're in the hieroglyphic scene, there's a hidden R2-D2? Is that correct? Oh, no, that's in Great the, Movie Ride. Yeah, Indiana Jones on Great Indian Movie Jones. Ride, yeah. My mistake. I got my hieroglyphic scenes. I think there's a Donald Duck, too, in that one. Yes, that's the one in Spaceship Earth, is the hidden Donald. Oh, okay. That's it. Hidden Donald. Yeah. There. I've never seen it, but I heard, I've seen a picture of it, and it's apparently it's there, but I've never Let actually... Let also mention the fire while we're on Spaceship Earth. They use a fire effect that's not i don't think it's used anywhere else anymore and it's just like a continuous fog coming out of the torches very simple effect it's just like fog coming out of the torches you know kind of going up like a little smoke machine but it's obviously very intensely lit orange and it's a nice effect i don't really have a lot uh for epcot i know the only thing i had really was uh world showcase how it's full of force perspective like you think american adventure and the Canada Pavilion, especially the higher those levels go, you know, the windows get smaller. Um, it's that forced perspective effect. Just apparently, one, apparently, one of the ways there's like an opposite forced perspective with the American Adventure Pavilion because the building is apparently big enough to be five stories, but they use what? really huge windows and huge door frames. Uh, to make it seem appropriately two stories. Yes, I've heard that. I don't know if it's five stories, but it's definitely bigger than two stories. Huh, but yeah. most colonial buildings were no bigger than two stories, so they use the the opposite force perspective to make it look like it's smaller than what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. So, it is kind of a massive building. Yeah. I like, too, the Fountain of Nations, uh, which plays right behind Spaceship Earth, Um Something that I just think is cool is when they opened Epcot, they actually brought vials of water from all over the world, different bodies of water, and then dumped them in kind of in a ceremonial thing into it. So it had waters from every continent around the around the world and all different people groups. And I just think that's kind of a fun little thing to kind of show unity. Kind of like unity sand in a at a yes. wedding. You know, these waters will always be floating together. And now it contains spit from just about every nation around the world as well. It's really cool yeah. how they did that. 
think about that next time you get the mist in your face <laughs> as mm. you walk by. <laughs> mm. Well, should we move on to Hollywood Studios? Let us. Okay. <laughs> what you got, Matt? <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't know I was going to go first. Oh, sorry. One I can. The, well, no, one of the no, you can't. One of the things. Um, I don't know if I enjoy this or not, but I think it's funny to still see the remnants of this. Is uh, and this is something that our 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 Jeremy has mentioned before because he loves Roger Rabbit, and it's something that you know I've heard before in several different places concerning the craze that Roger Rabbit created in the late '80s that Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios at that time was trying to capitalize on. And so apparently one of these things that they built into the buildings above Hollywood and Vine, which is a restaurant, there's a window in which it used to appear that Roger Rabbit had crashed through the blinds or the window and it was like his silhouette, you know, outlined as if he crashed through there. Um, but now it's just like a amorphous hole up there. But the hole is still there, which makes me think why <laughs> – I mean – I guess that's just the cheap way to fix something. Like, it's no longer Roger Rabbit, so just go up what? there. It's not? Like, like, go out there and knock out some more wall and just make I mean, it look a little more here's a little the thing. characteristic. Wait, it's was it, still... I'm confused what does it look like, because last time I was there, it was Roger Rabbit. Well, I mean, Google it, because it still kind of looks like Roger Rabbit if Roger Rabbit gains some weight. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand, like, how does the hole get bigger? You know what I mean? Like, hmm. well... It's like so, they knocked out some more space between his ear and his head. It's like, this is what it looked like originally. Yeah. Now and it looks now, like he's wearing a poncho. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? That's weird. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, who who gives the go-ahead for that? Yeah, we need to make the Roger Rabbit hole look a little less Roger Rabbit-like. Just go out there and knock out some more stuff. That's the memo I want to get. would <laughs> <laughs> be like, seriously? They're probably paying, like, thousands of dollars a day to Spielberg's like company and now with that slight change they're paying nothing yeah now they're like that's not roger rabbit (laughs) you can't prove anything that's a severely deformed person (laughs) exactly well that's just silly well as far as things that still exist in the hollywood studios muppets is full of them full of little gags in the queue all around the building i know one of the signs outside says uh, we're out, but key is under the mat, something like that. And if you lift up the mat, there really is a key under there. Mm-hmm. I know in the well, yeah, that's not a great gag. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably so annoyed every time someone lifts up the mat, and they're like, "Look, it's there." But you can be that person if you want to. I know in the while you're in the pre-show area, there's above you is hanging a net, and it's full of like fake pieces of Jello, which is supposed to be a play on the words. Annette Funicello, one of the original Mickey Mouse Club members. Mm-hmm. Annette full of jello. That is beautiful and poetic, and <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> Never change that. But pretty much everything you see in that pre-show area is going to be some sort of pun or joke or gag or something like that. So, The last time I was at Hollywood Studios, I definitely went and saw Muppet Vision 3D because I kind of have the ominous feeling that it may be going away, or at least in how we know it currently why nothing else at hollywood studios has closed recently <laughs> so i wanted to take it in and enjoy it you know one last time and as i was kind of just strolling through the queue in the pre-show area i glanced up and i saw the giant muppet jim henson puppet and i just got a little overwhelmed and just kind of 
because I view Jim Henson the same view that I see Walt Disney as far Don't as say that. wow. I do. Like, here's a guy who created a beautiful company that has brought joy and entertainment to children around the world, and it's still being uh, seen the effects and the influence decades after his death. And so, when I saw Jim just hanging there, I said, "Thank you, Jim. Thank you for for giving us the Muppets." I mean, I don't mean to make fun. I've never heard of anyone say "beautiful company." Beautiful company. <laughs> no. Have you heard of the Walt Disney Company? That's beautiful. It is a beautiful. Company. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful. All right, but never mind. No, they're not. That's not the same. You could be. You could be disciplined. I definitely think. I about said Jim Disney. What's his? Jim Henson is an iconic figure in history. Just I don't know. Putting him on the same level as Walt. I do like these are guys that like change the world. Like Walt Disney, Jim Henson, Stan Lee. Like these are innovators who have created icons. Okay, I'll I'll defend that till the day I die. I mean, yeah, they're icons. That's not what you said. You said that they're on the same level in your mind. Yeah, the icon level. <laughs> well, all that to say, Muppet Vision 3D is full of little hidden gems like that to look for. So. And I know Twilight Zone, or the, the Tower of Terror, is the same way. I have never really seen Twilight Zone, like maybe a, an episode here or there. But apparently almost everything in the little pre-show room is some sort of nod to a Twilight Zone episode. I know there's that ventriloquist dummy. Yes, when oh, you, that thing. When, yeah, when you're at the end of the ride and it pulls you back towards there's the exit. There's a pair of broken glasses from as a nod to the episode called Time Enough at Last, in which... The character played by uh, Burgess Meredith is the last person on Earth, and he's he's obsessed with reading, and now and he's always annoyed by people talking to him while he's trying to read. So this big nuclear holocaust or something happens while he's locked in the bank vault, and he comes out and everybody's dead, and he says, "There's time enough at last, you know, to read these books." But then he drops his glasses and they break. That's the end of the episode. I was like, wait, did you just spoil that? Broken glasses are are there somewhere. Well, I don't think we have to say spoiler alert for something that was produced 50 years ago, but okay. That's true. Um, Matt is our resident Twilight Zone uh, expert. However, when I see that dummy, I don't think Twilight Zone. I think Goosebumps. Do y'all remember? Good call. Freaks me out. Anything else? All those studios is full of uh, old, uh, outdated nods. <laughs> Let's say that things that just don't, you know, like the the the, the little bust bustuary. I guess you would call it over there. What do they call that place where all the little busts are? Oh, TV the Academy of Science, Television Sciences, In, something like Scientology. That, <laughs> that <laughs> and the courtyard. <laughs> they had to remove uh, what's her face from King of Queens, and now it's just Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Kirstie No. She's what? a Scientologist. Oh, I think that was the woman from King of Queens. No. Allie's a Scientologist? Yeah. I didn't know, I that, know that either. Yeah, her um, and John The courtyard in front of the Chinese theater is one of the funniest things there there is. Now, I enjoy it because I like the Golden Girls. And, you know, honey, I, we, we're from that generation. But if a kid today were to go up there and see the handprints and the footprints, there, <laughs> there's no it's Justin Bieber. No, it's like Rick Moranis and <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Girls, yeah, yeah, Estelle Getty and Betty White and Rue McClanahan and all these, you know, 
I mean, there's a there's a few that are still around uh, as far as being popular. Robin Williams is there, right? Yeah, and Pee Wee Herman, who's getting ready to have his comeback on Netflix. So, and of course, there's the Disney characters, but that that little area there that has now been kind of rediscovered since the stage is gone is is kind of a funny little piece of park history. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> you can say a piece of eighties, piece of eighties history yeah, yeah. as well. Um, we also notice, you know, Gertie, the ice cream stand there. It's always fun to point out to people how Gertie was an original. Uh, animation uh i almost say the word film but animation clip from the you know early 20s i guess it was or late 1910s teens uh so it's not just a random dinosaur ice cream stand but it has some history there and there's actually a plaque out front too that gives you a little history about gertie but uh you know so everything has some purpose there Mm -hmm. as well as the buildings on sunset boulevard are all modeled after actual buildings in Hollywood. Um, in fact, there was somebody put a blog out and they actually took like the villains in Vogue and all that, where Matt says that trash smell is really strong, uh, yeah, that is. part of the park. Um, they show each building at Hollywood Studios and then they showed the actual building that it's based on in Southern California, which I thought was kind of a fun nod as well. They well, yeah, to- we have our own Carthay Circle Theater here at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but it, it's just a gift store. <laughs> yeah, it's nowhere yeah. near as majestic as no. DCA. It's a shame. No, it's a little dingier too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's older, but still. It's kind of like those movies where, like, Disney puts out Frozen and then, like, that random, like, Chinese company puts on, like, Frozen Land. Cold. <laughs> it's like, yeah. The cold. Snow Queen. It's the Snow Queen is the yeah, one that's the that's ripoff. True. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's kind of the same, but not. Yeah. They just came out with one this week. This is not this, in this topic, but it was like straight out of. Oh, no. I've totally forgotten. Never mind. I'll scratch that. But it, I need to look it up because it's so bad. The Redbox version is straight out of Compton. It's no. like It's like straight from. Trenton or something. I forget. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, the hood. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching straight up out of Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we come to an end of the episode, let's go to our final park of the day, which is Animal Kingdom. Oh, man. Packed full of details. And it would take a whole episode just to talk about the details. But what are some of your favorites? The cracks in the ground. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. I'll, I will say cracks in the ground, but let's, let's do it at Africa, which we could spend a whole episode doing Africa as we discussed recently. Uh, but there, there are cracks in the ground that have been like tarred over to give it that very authentic African street. Feel. And there are many other things, obviously, that do that, too. Yeah. I love and I always appreciate it every time I'm in Africa. I take a moment to look up at the wires and the telephone lines that are hanging out of the buildings. Because to me, that's just such a simple detail, but it adds so many layers there. Yeah. You know, I just feel like there's so much story that could be told just by those lines and how they've completely been tangled and, and cut and pasted together and all this kind of stuff so it's really cool <laughs> i don't think that works every <laughs> once in a while if you look very carefully on the top of the hour every hour a little animatronic rat runs along the top of the building no that's gonna be ridiculous this isn't new york city <laughs> um, uh, i think we've mentioned this before but over in dinosaur in the uh, queue 
all above you are those red, yellow, and white pipes. And uh, when Countdown to Extinction, as it was originally called, when it first opened, its sponsor was McDonald's. And those those three tubes include the chemical formulas formulas for mayonnaise, white, mustard, yellow, and ketchup. Red. And those are still there. Thank you for that. I needed the letters. If your mayo is not white, don't eat it. Yeah. The whole Dino Land USA thing, uh, I will admit this is interesting. I don't like this theme. I don't think it's what I would want out of a Dino Land. I think it's kind of silly. But the whole Dino Institute thing, apparently Dino Land USA is supposed to be this kind of little quirky, kitschy college town because the Dino Institute's, you know, grad school for these paleontologists and explorers and things. So at the Restaurantosaurus building, there's a camper outside. Uh, there's apparently a car parked outside with things in it. There's a bulletin board. There are like lawn chairs on top of the roof. Just all these little things to make it seem like all these quirky college students, you know, live there somewhere in the mid 50s, let's say, mid 50s and 60s. I don't like this theme. I, think I was just about to say, you have to hate that. Yeah, I do hate it. It's oh. silly. But it's guys, there. It's interesting. Hold on. I'm dying because I just found the name of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Keep in mind, the. Is spelled T H A. No, <laughs> straight from the bottom. <laughs> At your local Red Box now. Is this like a parody, a satire on that? I uh, I don't think so. I really think it's going to be basically a recreation, but they're going to try to trick you into thinking it's the real thing, so you pay money for it. Yeah, that's so close. Yeah. Oh my word! It's the the tagline is if you want to rise, someone's going to fall. Ooh! Exclamation point. I feel the same way about my bowel movements. <laughs> and with that, let's get back to Animal <laughs> Kingdom. Now, Jeremy, you're a big fan of the Ananda Poor theme. I totally am. I am obsessed with it. In fact, my favorite thing is I love how in every, not every shop, but in most of the shops and in the queues of the attractions such as Everest and uh, Kali River Rapids, you'll see the picture of the king and queen of uh, Anna Dapur and they're just like a nice Indian couple. I want them to adopt me. <laughs> and no, they're nice. They're probably murderous despots. You know, <laughs> no. That's why there's no actual Indian population there because they killed them all to make way for <laughs> tourists. They can line their pockets with white American money. And that's, just put their picture up everywhere. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> I, I actually um, took their picture and I put it on twitter is hashtag hashtag relationship goals uh because they've just seemed like they've been together for a while and they're happy so (laughs) anywho a nice little not indian marriage that was arranged and they both have affairs (laughs) well let us not forget the best pun at any disney park drink voila (laughs) that fantastic (laughs) food is this one of the many is this one of the many little carts that's getting an update and a new name Oh, no, I, I hope not. I hope not. Now, this is more of like, it's not a cart. Like, it's the corner of a building, yeah, and the, I think it shares a building with something else. So I don't think so. Just a lot of those carts recently I saw got paint jobs and some new names. Yeah, we should have talked about that at the top of the show. Like, they're giving a whole new color scheme to Animal Kingdom. Well, let's talk about it now. Here, um, a lot of the carts <laughs> okay. Animal Kingdom have been repainted and renamed. Yeah, it's more like earth tones as opposed to bright purples and blues and stuff. And yeah. they're getting new menus, and the menus are 
legit. Like you're not just getting, you know, chicken fingers with fries. It's like these, it's more things along the lines of Harambe Market, like these, nice. uh, you know, ethnic type foods. The king and queen, they care about us. They want us to have oh, good food. I see. Charging us seven bucks for them, but anyway. <laughs> well, did anyone have anything else? Well, I was going to tag on to Anandapur, which that whole that whole area was an expansion to Asia that opened with Expedition Everest in 2006, which, you know, is odd to think of, but that was almost 10 years after Animal Kingdom opened, so it was a pretty major expansion, and that whole street back there was open, all the stores, all the shops, Yak and Yeti restaurant eventually, not to mention Expedition Everest, that whole place was new, and there's just lots of wonderful little carvings that I think are authentic, right? At least they're replicas of authentic things, which kind of defeats the purpose but i like the idols i'm not into idol worship you know cause the ten commandments and all but um i love the little idols that have the little smear of stuff on their forehead from like this giving this the idea that people have gone and paid homage and offered that there's like fake fruit and candles and incense there all that seemingly very authentic the prayer flags everywhere the very ornate building columns and structures and down to the cheap lighting, as I have mentioned recently, it's all very authentic feeling. Nice. I didn't tell you guys I was going to ask this because I just thought of it, but are there any quote unquote fun facts or fun details that you've heard or seen online that you know are false and you just hate that it's a rumor that's being spread? Probably the one that bothers me the most um, on a parks level is, and we've talked about this on a previous show, is there are still these so many people that just believe that the castle, Cinderella's castle, can just be taken down in a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. no, that doesn't make sense. Now, we did a whole show about this. I don't know which one it was. It was very early. Myths and misconceptions. Yeah, yeah. Urban legends, something like that. So go back and listen to that. Hey, is the one about the trash cans of the Magic Kingdom true? What's that? I don't think it is that the trash can't the trash in the magic kingdom goes to a tunnel no uh, well it's it's partially true because i've heard this as well like the i think the misconception is when you put trash in it automatically shoots down a pipe but right. what i what happens is the cast member takes the garbage out of the trash cans but they take it to a pipe that mm-hmm. does okay. shoot it somewhere okay yeah i can believe that i guess it shoots it to universal <laughs> well could you imagine like like, say you accidentally throw something away, you know, and it's, like, gone, you know, or a little child falls into the trash can and, like, on Willy Wonka, it's, it's sucked <laughs> down the pipe, you know? You're so, a retainer. <laughs> our friend Carl has lots of good tips in this category oh, yeah. of thinking, <laughs> these uh, non-true tips. <laughs> Tell and, Carl he needs to call back again. Man. Yeah, we will. Haven't oh, heard Carl. from him in a while. He's been Carl. busy driving his Disney bus. He drives That's a bus true. on property, so... By the way, Maddie, the episode you're referring to is episode 16. We talked about fact okay. versus fiction for some of those 16. Disney urban legends. That was it must be made. Yeah. It must be made known that Carl drives an unofficial Disney bus, so... <laughs> Don't get on that thing. Get Use caution. It. Yeah. I know one of the things I first thought of was, I feel like I see this on every other site, is if you yell, Andy's, room, or, Andy's uh, coming, all the Toy Story characters have to fall to the ground. And whenever someone tweets about it, they post that exact same picture, which should tell you something. It maybe <laughs> happened one time because those cast members were getting into character, but I can guarantee you it's never happened since. They probably look at you like, 
I don't know what they do, but like, they're not going to. Yeah, like didn't we away. say? I think we talked about this one too. The cast members are kind of trained to say that Andy's at college. Oh, so now say Bonnie's coming. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. <laughs> they'll be like, ah, oh, this one, and then they'll fall to the ground. There's always a loophole. Well, hopefully, we've given you a few things to uh, to fill your time looking for. Maybe you're waiting in line, or maybe you've just been at Magic Kingdom enough, and you want to find some new things to explore. Hopefully, we've given you some. And if you knew all of those already, well, then congratulations. You should be the host of this show. Um, and you can be. <laughs> <laughs> just email us at comments at madchatters.net with your full resume. No, tweet us. Seriously, tweet us or email us your favorite detail. Maybe we didn't mention it, uh, but if there's a detail that you love or you always point out, I am I, I don't genuinely care what people think a lot of times, but I do care about this. So. Absolutely. Hey, but if it's not true, I will find out and block you. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you so much for listening to this. We love our listeners. Yeah, we, we love you all so much. Follow us on Twitter at Mad Chatters. Find us on Facebook. Keep those reviews coming on iTunes. We really, we really appreciate what those do for the show. And I think I'm going to sign us off here and just say uh, we'll be here next week and hope you are too. See you then. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Straight from the bottom. <laughs> the, the. The bottom.